Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A new study from uh, Columbia University focuses on the implication enforcers in the hockey world are facing, including dying younger uh, than their peers. Now, data was collected from over 6,000 players uh, from 1967 uh, to 2020-22. Now, what they found is that 90% of the players are still alive, but the ones who have passed showed a very stark contrast in mortality rates. The study says that the average age of deaths for the enforcers who have died was 47 compared to non-fighters at 57. Uh, 11 of the 21 enforcers' uh, deaths were linked to something called CTE, or chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is a progressive brain, uh, brain degeneration believed to be caused by repeated impacts to the head over the course of many, many years. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, this new study and the impact on fighting in hockey is John Green, lawyer at John Michael Green Law Corporation. John, thank you for joining us. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, when you first heard of this study and the results that came from it, what, what went through your mind? Well, I was a hockey player and I was a goaltender, so you sit there in hockey games when you're a goaltender and watch kind of these meatheads fight each other and wonder when the game's going to start usually. So that was <laughs> that. The first thing that crossed my mind was uh, why is fighting still in hockey at all? But uh, the second part was there's a whole bunch of uh, lawsuits and, and WHL Ontario Hockey League, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and then there's the minor leagues in the United States. Uh, and, and the lawsuits uh, relate to the brain injuries, but there's also some, actually there's an interesting one on, uh, I think, WHL, and it's some players were alleging basically that they were groomed to be fighters, and uh, as a result, they have all kinds of different injuries, and some of those injuries include injuries to their brains. So this fight kind of fits in with that that theme that, uh, fighting's kind of an ignorant thing to continue to do in hockey. And uh, when I was getting ready for today, I was actually looking at some of the fight stats. And you have the Quebec Major Junior League seems to have done a lot to make it so that uh, fighting wasn't isn't a part of the sport anymore. They penalized it heavily and uh, with game suspensions and things like that. And what you've seen is a reduction in fighting in Quebec, but in on or here in the WHL, which is. Uh, kind of a league near and dear to me. My dad used to play in it. The WHL is still like an an outlier. You have kids that are like 17 years old that are having 12 fights a season. Uh, I I was watching a fight on uh, hockeyfights.com and, you know, between a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old just getting the tar beat out of them by a 19-year-old. I think there's going to be a come-to-God moment for some of these teams when some of these players that are – coming along later on they lawyer up and uh, after having serious injuries and they start suing coaches and start suing the clubs and the corporations that own the clubs well i mean so and, think- and this yeah and the study sort of fits in with that because it, it demonstrates that I, I mean what ends up happening in a trial like this is you can't just throw the study in front of a judge but what you can say is look we have data that shows the more fights that a person's in some of this is kind of seems really logical right the more fights a person's in the more they're exposed to punches to the head. And um, and here are some of the things that come with that later in life and some of the things that come with later in life that the study showed were 
more uh, fatal car accidents, uh, brain injuries, that uh, CTE, for example, and then uh, suicides and addiction. So these are some of the serious outcomes. So right? in this case, do you think this is the beginning of ending, beginning of the end for fighting in hockey? I mean, this study strengthen that case. I don't know how. I I don't know how they can justify uh, fighting in hockey anymore. Like they. I think some people think that it fills the seats, but when I was watching the videos of these fights in the WHL, like the thing that I really stood up for, stood up for me was there was almost nobody at these games anymore. And so, if if that's the direction these people uh, think that uh, they need to go to encourage people to come, it's, some of these people need to do a, a check their heads. And, and one of the things that the study actually makes clear is right at the very end of it, they talk they talk about some of these myths around fighting, like. You know, having fighter, you know, fights reduces the number of serious uh, injuries in hockey, and and they say like, no, that's not the truth. There's been studies that have debunked some of these myths that you know guys like Don Cherry throw out in uh, coach's corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think that you know, it's a bit, it's a major issue in Canada. Like, uh, I my son plays soccer. I played hockey my whole life, but my son plays soccer, and I, I couldn't imagine, frankly, sticking him in hockey anymore. Like it, to me, it seems like it's a sport that maybe is. Uh, at it today. Yeah, I mean, when when you talk about other sports, I mean, and the NFL's had its concussion challenges, and, you know, other sports have other concerns as well, NBA, Major League Baseball. But generally, let's, say, let's look at the four major sports, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. They still eject players for fighting, dole out significant fines. Yep. The NHL still implicitly sanctions fighting. I mean, there may be less of it compared to the days of, compared to the 70s and 80s, no doubt. But it is yeah, still I mean, implicitly yeah. sanctioned, it does it not? I, I mean, the Todd Bertuzzi stuff. Like, yeah, I, I, we might be getting to the point where the message is, is gotten out to enough people in hockey that it's uh, needs to end. But you know, in the junior leagues, and, and maybe not the WHL, but in, in the junior leagues back east, that it's not a thing that's on. And what's going to end up happening is it should filter up to the NHL. But when you get to the NHL, I was looking at there's a player out in uh, uh, was a first round draft pick. I think he's a defenseman. You know, the guy had 12 fights this year. Like, you know, if 50 is the number with that, they're the magic number they're looking at uh, where you have all these problems. And it's probably even an earlier, a lower number than that causes problems. But, you know, 50 is the magic number. This guy's going to be there in like four seasons. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he isn't already there, you know, like if he, we hadn't, didn't even look at his junior, junior track record. So all of this stuff just kind of, it opens the door to asking the questions, you know, like if he comes around and, and sues later on, uh, you know, sues the NHL or sues the junior hockey league later on, they're going to say, okay, well, how did you track, you know, the number of fights? And, you know, when you get to the number of fights, did you ever come up to him and say to him, like, look, you remember, maybe you better cut it down because you could have all these problems later in life. And, and it's not just the brain injuries and uh, the psychological damage that's caused by the brain injuries. Uh, it's, you know, like these guys actually wrecked their hands and the chronic pain associated with, punching some guy in the helmet, you know, a uh, hundred times uh, in a game and then, you know, doing it 12 times a season, like, you know, over a cruise man, that's, these are serious things. And, and feeds into the opioid addiction. Lots of these players are opioid addicted. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you use that example that you uh, saw a fight on hockeyfights.com and uh, the old days of Don Cherry, I think it was, what was the video he was paddling? Rock'em, sock'em, rock'em, hockey. rock'em, sock'em. I mean, yeah. loved it when yeah. we were kids, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we didn't know what was happening really. But Bob, Bob Probert was, is probably the best example, right? And this guy had so many problems later in life, you know, after leaving hockey and, um, and I'm not sure if it was his, they donated his brain, but certainly a couple of the NHL players' brains after, and, you know, they have the 
the, all the markers of CTE, you know, same kind of things that you see in the NFL players like Junior Seau that, you know, like committed suicide. Another guy that, you know, when we were younger, watch NFL football, and he's like the guy we loved, you know. He was hit people, he was a great football player, but, uh, you know, these sports do lots of damage too. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at the numbers, uh, they said that uh, those that were in a significant amount of fights died at the average age of 47, compared to yeah. non-fighters at 57, even 57, 57's young. You know, and that's yeah. part of the challenge of, of, of uh, I guess, longer term uh, playing hockey. And, and, and I'm sure football in many ways would be similar in the sense of the damage and, and sort of the, the wear and tear on your body. And you, know, you could probably argue for basketball as well. I mean, maybe that's part of being an athlete. But even when you see com- the, the, when the study says when it comes to mor- mortality rates, non-fighters at 57, man, that is young. That is really young. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I do sexual battery cases, you know, like guys that beat women and uh, worse. Uh, And you look at, like, the Bobby Hall stuff, and, you know, like, the people that lived with him lived in absolute hell. And, you know, I have to think part of it has to do with, at least partially, I mean, if it's maybe partially psychological, but the other side is that these guys spent their whole life with their helmets off and getting whacked in the head, you know, and and were encouraged to fight by their coaches and encouraged to fight by their, you know, the people that gave them their contracts and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, hockey's moving in a different direction, hopefully. Um, it, I think it has to, or you're going to start seeing some of these clubs uh, get taken down by some pretty big lawsuits. Yeah, absolutely. John, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You bet, Jeff.